Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, and we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world on their entrepreneurship journey and anything that they've overcome in their journey and what they're up to these days in their online empires. We're a conscious tech company helping entrepreneurs to launch their online empires. And today we are with Carrie Azuma. She is a coach for, for mothers in helping them to really get in touch with their feminine leadership and success and embracing the unknown, to empowering them to embrace the unknown, to really achieve the impossible. And I will hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more, and I'm so happy. And she's also a good friend of mine, and we have mutual friends, so I'm so happy that she's joining us today. Yay, thank you, Allison. Yeah, that was a great intro. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I've been doing um, leadership development for about seven years now, and you know, first as a student, then as a coach, and um, I absolutely love it. And I, I became a mom about two and a half years ago, and I switched over from coaching entrepreneurs and executives and just recognizing how much mothers need powerful leaders to show them how to be a powerful leader and how absent that is in the context of motherhood. So, um, you know, and I went through a really big dark journey around that with postpartum depression and I have a whole story there, but, um, you know, really finding the tools to find my way out of that um, through, through what I learned was one of the biggest gifts and I swore I would never ever leave a mother behind uh, when it came to her own personal power after what I went through. So that's my mission. And I have to say, I love it so much. I'm such a stand for the new wave of feminine leadership and how it's, how it's really taking a really cool shape, especially in our country. So I'm starting with moms, and I think they're some of the most powerful creatures on the planet because, well, if anyone's gone through labor you pretty yeah. much can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> As you know. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, the labor, mine was, gosh, I think about 30 hours. And after, yeah, after you go through that, any kind of pain you have, you're like, I, I went through labor. I'm okay. I can <laughs> totally. do it. I say that out loud to myself too when I hurt myself. Like, okay, yeah. being a baby. This was, it's nothing compared to what I went through. Yeah, you can go to the gym and work out a lot harder and everything. <laughs> work all nighters, you, you have the ability, to, you definitely feel in, more invincible in a lot of ways. And Absolutely. can you go a little bit more, if you were to sum up, feminine leadership in one sentence or one or two sentences. Can you do that? We, we, I know we've been chatting a lot about it, but like what is kind of your view on it? How are you? Are, are, and also a personal story on your journey as feminine leadership. Okay. Yeah. That's, you are <laughs> totally challenging me with the one or two sentences because I could just <laughs> literally talk for days about the feminine leadership, but I like, I like having it succinct. It's very easy to, when it's palatable. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing for me about feminine leadership is around pace, you know, really, really allowing women to be women and knowing that that's just as powerful as being totally tapped into our masculine energy. Because I have a big, healthy, feminine, masculine side, and I love it. But I notice that it can completely overtake my system. It can overwhelm me. It can put me in survival mode. It can make me feel like I'm failing and feel incredibly behind. And especially when it comes to motherhood, but this is really for all women too, you know. Um, there are so many things that we, so many different facets of our nature that we need to make space and time for. 
you know, even just having a menstrual cycle. We have to make time for that in a way that yeah. you know, men don't have that week where they have to take that into consideration. And I find that we deny ourselves permission to really take in the time we need around, you know, how long we need for a project, how long we need um, to really heal ourselves, any of those facets. So I'm, I'm here to claim that we as women can be just as powerful by still embracing all of those things. And the number one thing that I find that's so powerful when you can really tap in deeply to feminine leadership is when you can embrace the unknown, when you can be in sort of that dark tunnel, you don't know the way out, don't know where you're going, but you can listen to yourself deeply enough to hear the answers and start trusting that wisdom and then kind of rise up in that confidence and take power over your life, your situations, your choices, personal responsibility. So, you know, like that's how I see it. And that's, that's been my journey. And I'm such a stand for women tapping into that power. Mm. And is that power, does that look like for some people, that small voice that has been drowned out, their intuition are, and, and a lot of times when we, if we're too much in the masculine, we're like doing and doing and doing. And so we don't hear yeah. that voice. A lot of times we're drowning it out or, or the other side of maybe trying to escape that that voice because it may it may seem scary to actually hear what we need to do and then mm, fo yes. follow through follow through with it. How do you suggest that women can start to tap into their intuition or their power and their inner power again? Like just maybe maybe like a first first step or yeah, that's a beautiful question. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, you know, well, I do, I do, you know, I have a program called Empowered Mothers Alliance. So I actually spend six months with women doing this. Oh, yes. And it's, and it's level. coming out on January 30th. Yep. Yep. Like, Applications launching. are open. A few spots left. I already have it more than half full. I'm excited for the women who awesome. are I really, this program seems to attract really amazing, powerful women and who are mothers. So it's really amazing. But, you know, I love the question. What's the first step um, to really listening? And I think you know, it's such a deep question for me, but to hear, to be able to hear that voice, you have, it's like tapping into what you're comparing yourself to. Mm. If you're in a, in a, a body that loves to compare and loves to look at other people and say, well, I'm behind, well, I'm not there. Wow. I'm not good enough. You know, to start really taking a look as a first step of, well, who are you? Have you even taken the time to see who you are? what your gifts are, what people love about you, how you make people smile, why people like being in your presence. There's so many things that we don't put our attention on because all of our attention is on what we're not doing or why we're not enough. And so, you know, I, I spend actually the first three months of the program just working on the self. I don't even teach leadership until the, the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth month because there's so many blocks for women feeling that power, that sense of that they know how amazing they are, that actually takes time to cultivate because it, is, it does get so shut off in the comparison game. So I think one great first step is just looking at who are you comparing yourself to on a daily basis and why are you telling yourself you're not enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I feel like a lot of us haven't been given that opportunity or that space, even within our own families, within our culture. Yep. So like taking that time, taking that time or 
you holding that container for the women in the program and giving them permission. And sometimes I feel like women need to be given permission to do those things. Oh man, a hundred percent. I mean, I feel like yeah. most of what I do is give permission, you know, even though there's some amazing tools and stuff that I have, you know, that I offer in the course. And, but I do, I do think that a lot of the time it's me kind of just getting really quiet and letting them speak. And then what comes out is just so, you know, it's a grief or um, a, a part of their, their little girl that has been quieted for so long because people kept shutting it up, you know, it's, and I'm just like, scream at the top of your lungs, do whatever you need to do, but like tap back into that voice and see what it has to say. And until we really have, we, or we really understand our voice as women, it's really hard to tap into that leadership presence because we don't, you know, we don't feel like our offer is good enough. So yeah. it, it depends. Different women have different traumas around that. But it, but as a theme, I've found that women do feel silenced. And, you know, we're a little luckier in this country. You and I were having a discussion about this before because we do, as we as women, we do have a lot more freedom and permissions and, and things like that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't systems in place that still make us feel meek or that we have, we're bothering people if, you know, we're really being who we are. Because if every woman really tapped in to how powerful she was, and I think women are starting to do this, which is really fun. Yeah, it is really fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented. It's, I, I literally think we can save the world. And I think men have to be a part of that too. You know, I'm not just like pro-women. I really feel like this is a conversation of permission for everyone and for just like rolling back all of the, the systems, the control systems we put in place to kind of quiet and silence people. So that's where I started off with my coaching journey was authentic leadership, really helping people speak to their gifts, their voice, their ability to lead from who they are, not from a mask, not from who they think they should be. Yeah. pleasing, you know? Yeah. And that leads me into the next question in a personal journey or personal story that you had with what brought you to the, the feminine leadership and authentic presence, like really showing up, like you said, unapologetically yourself. What's a, a personal story that you wanted to share with, with our tribe on that? Yeah, well, as I shared with you earlier, I, I, had, um, I had, when I was 27, I quit a very toxic job, 28 actually, and I, I kind of went into this period of self-exploration. And during that time, I went on something called a vision quest, which is a Native American rite of passage ceremony. And it's, it's done in a few different ways. Ours is kind of taught in the Lakota tradition. My dad had done it when I was 16. Um, and I spent three days and three nights alone in the wilderness with no food. <laughs> and, you know, in the ceremonies, you're really looking for a vision that you bring back to your people. But you go through so many phases of, everything out there you know when you don't have food as a distraction when you don't have tv as a distraction people conversation i mean you just get into such a different altered state and one of the things i recognized when i was out there was i you know i was actually speaking out loud because i needed to say something i needed to find my voice out there and i was just talking to like a rock and it was this beautiful bear-shaped rock and I would say things to like wisdom offerings and, you know, talking to it and healing and just saying like, you know, this, this life isn't about, you know, what I think it's about or whatever came out on a given day, I would just speak. And then I would find myself saying, oh, you're so wise there. You're so wise. And I would hmm. be talking, but then I realized I was talking to myself 
it's like I could, it was like a mirror. I could actually hear myself and, and see that, oh my God, I have something to offer. And the vision I came back with was actually to reflect that to other people, that it, you can be brave enough, you can be strong enough to be you and let that be enough to inspire other people to do the same. And so shortly after, I found a coaching program with my now mentor, Scott Cody, called The Art of Leadership Mastery, where he taught pretty much most of what I teach now. He teaches embodied leadership, and, and he really is focused on bringing the body into the conversation of how leadership looks and you know, building a presence that people can trust, that they can really see, but that requires you being 100% you. So authentic leadership, you know, is what I, I learned for, you know, I studied with him for four years. I coached his program. I, I learned so much from, from Scott Cody. He was just such a brilliant, beautiful, wise person. Still is, still cracking, still doing the work out there. And I highly recommend it to anyone. But um, when, when I was under his tutelage, you know, I found myself really exploring this question of like, well, who who am I as a coach for leadership? And I couldn't really get an answer, but I stayed in that question. And then when I became a mom, <laughs> I had this feeling when I was pregnant, I, I told my husband, I said, I think, I think I'm going to be coaching women on these distinctions on this, this line of work, but I don't know why, like mothers. I, and then when I had my son, I went through a, a very traumatic birth experience. I had postpartum depression for a year and a half. It was very deep. I was like floundering to use my tools, but there were things that I had to, I had to let go of all my control structures and that even included my tools. I had to get broken down so deeply to, to kind of step into the medicine that I'm serving up now, which is to help women kind of rise from the ashes in a way that's slower, in a way that's more surrendered and more easeful, but still powerful enough to manifest all of the desires of her heart, you know, of my heart. And I have to say, like, I'm totally in love with my life. My work's totally taken off only because I'm so aligned with what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And I found that voice. I found this is who, this is what I, why I trained under Scott. This is why I found this is because I, I was supposed to be the woman who, the woman who was coaching other mothers. And I was looking for a coach when I first became a mom, desperately, who had been through motherhood, but also was still like powerful, you know, like I had met some therapists who were kind of eking by and like, you know, and I was getting a lot of support from them and they were wonderful. I did have one amazing coach, actually, Stella Anderson, who really helped me through a lot. Um, but I didn't find anyone who was really out there, like making it, but on her own terms, not by doing more, not yeah. by being a hardcore boss woman, but like really embracing her femininity and killing it. So I decided like, that's the coach I'm going to be. Right. Yeah, I love, I really resonate with that. I love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like and women are hungry for that. They are hungry for that. And do you, do you feel that that also goes back to maybe not having the permission that when you become a mother, you need to sacrifice or maybe put this to the side and you need to be, or when I became a mother, I realized that I'm not going to be, I love and I'm grateful for everything that my own mom did. And I, while I appreciate that, 
I made a lot of promises to myself of what I was going to design, what I was going to do. And I got a lot of pushback from my own mother of that's not how you were raised and why are you doing that? And I'm like, I get to design this. Yes. And yeah. really stepping into that power, mom, I, and I had to have a lot of conversations with her and I love that you did this and this. I'm so grateful. And I maybe want to choose something a little different on this topic or this topic. And eventually, mm -hmm. as the more I stood in my power, eventually she willingly, fully accepted my power and mm. so relinquished some of that. And I was never negative with her in that way or anything. Just like I fully, yeah, you're modeling it. That's beautiful. Yeah, like I fully love what you did. Just now, I get the opportunity to do something a little different. So I want to, I want to yeah. take, I want to take that opportunity and give my daughter even more, right? Mm. Do you, yes. how do you feel like women, or how, how do they give themselves the permission to be able to do that? Because I know that's really, that's really difficult when, when you have, we have our society telling us what we need to do, or our own parents, our, our significant other. And yeah. <laughs> even when it comes to topics, like I was talking to a mom the other day about vaccines or any kind of difficult topics where we have or we have doctors or pediatricians telling us what we need to do with our kids when right. it's our kids we get to choose what we put into our own kids in my opinion so it's like how do you come from this i am now going to design my own life i'm taking all the pieces from what everybody's telling me and assimilating them and then i get to design and her have my own spin on them yeah. Well, you know, it, it really takes a lot of courage to do that. So I, I applaud you because oh, it takes a lot of courage to step out of any of the voices that are coming out. Because, I mean, the, the mm. bottom line is there's no right way to mother. Totally. You know? and, and that's what I feel so um, impassioned about, too, is that we each have our own journey as moms based on how we need to be as fully expressed as possible in this life. Because if we're not, what good are we to our kids? If we're repressed, if we're hiding things, if we're doing something because we should, you know, it, like I never want to be that mom. And I know we've had this conversation when I interviewed you on our, my feminine leadership series is you don't want to be, I know you don't want to be that mom either. You're so, you're so committed to being a role model for your daughter, which I really admire. And I think really what it's about and sometimes this takes six months <laughs> in my course is drowning out the voices mm. that aren't working for what you're committed to. And I'm not, it's not to say that you're just shutting everyone out and saying, fuck it all. I'm going to do it. Excuse my language. Um, but oh, I love you know, it. You can cut. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm such a sailor sometimes, <laughs> Me too. But, um, <laughs> but it's more, it's more so about having the presence the body, the groundedness in your own power to actually take in some of those assessments, you know, some of those opinions and to be with them long enough to ask yourself the question, is this useful or is this not useful based on what I'm committed to? So if you're committed to be a staying at home mom, if you're committed to be a working mom, if you're committed to being a mom, an adventure, to travel, whatever it may be, however you want to live your fully expressed life, then you taking in those opinions, sometimes they can be useful. You know, sometimes someone got a nugget for you, they're calling you out a little, and it can be great. But you get to determine, and sometimes this takes skills and tools to develop this, but you can determine 
if what they're saying is going to lead you to where you want to go or if it's going to hold you back. And the courage is to let it go if it's not going to be useful for you. And a lot of women can't do that because they're stuck in the people pleasing or they're stuck in the like, well, I have to do everything or I have to embody everything. I have to be everything for everyone or I have to be super mom or whatever their conversation is or I can't betray my mother by going against what she says is motherhood because then I'm, I'm messing her identity. But that's her, that's her path, you know, that's her totally. karma. And like you, like you just demonstrated, she learned so much from me from just standing in that. And I think just standing in what you really believe as a mother in your path is the most powerful thing you can do. You know, when you start getting luxury, when you start trying to fix people or coach people, yeah. then you're just becoming another one of those voices. But if you can really be that, you know, if you could hold that leadership presence of saying, I'm just going to, I'm going to be it. I'm going to show people that I can do this, not to prove it to them, but because oh, yeah, exactly. not, to, not to prove anything. Like I had a home birth. And when I first told my mom that I wanted to have a home birth, of course, ah! she wrote, yeah, she's like, <laughs> no, no way. We, yeah. uh, and she mentioned to me, at least you need to have a hospital as a backup. And I took her, I took that advice and I went and registered in case something was to happen. I was registered at, a, at the closest hospital and, mm -hmm. and I let her know that and she felt more comfortable with that. And one time, then a few weeks later, she was out at some kind of event and she mentioned to another lady that I was going to have home birth. And the other lady freaked out within <laughs> the group. And she came, she stood in that power and said, this is why she's doing that. She's really sensitive to, to medications. She can't take a lot of uh, medicine or she's always been allergic and very sensitive to, to mm -hmm. chemicals or pharmaceuticals. And she really wants to do this. I've met her midwife. I love her midwife. And like you were saying, when we model that, my mom was able mm -hmm. to stand in that, even though she didn't necessarily agree with me. Yeah. And um, you know why that yeah. happens? Here's the cool thing. The reason that happens is because when you can stand in, in your own um, truth with enough power, it builds trust with people. And that's what leadership is. Mm -hmm. You know, people follow you because they trust you, not because they think you have it all figured out. I mean, in fact, I don't really trust leaders who feel like they have it all figured oh, out. Oh, yeah, they I did. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared to death to have a midwife. I was like, I have no idea how everything was going to go down, right? So, yeah, but I bet you chose that midwife because there was something about her that built trust with you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was incredible. There's, there's no other way that I will have preferred to do to do our, my labor and, and the birth. It was incredible, yeah. magical. I took it with the home birth too. I, I think it is a beautiful yeah. process. I was one of the 3% that transferred to the hospital for my midwives. I and almost so had to. <laughs> I, almost, I almost needed to. Was her heart, because she moved around so much, she was so physical. Her the umbilical <laughs> cord got wrapped around oh. her neck and her, oh, yeah. her heart stopped beating for a little while. But then she maneuvered her way back to her heart beating again because I guess it got unwrapped at some point wow. and, and then yeah so in that moment and there were people sending me like some really good friends there was about 20 people there in the house and like really mm. sending me positive intentions and prayers during that and mm, it's all, all good energy and prayers and then it 
her heartbeat came back, so I was able to sleep. Oh, but there was a beautiful. There was a brief moment when we thought that we were going to need to all go to the hospital too. So like, that's yeah. I can understand the panic and that that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I would. Do, I will do a home birth again. I I, I oh, told totally This is yeah. yeah. And then she was born in the water at, at the very end. So mm, I'm nice. very grateful, grateful for the whole process and the support at the end of, of my mom. So I definitely agree with you about all those voices that, yeah, they, they do have a warrant in they're They're trying to watch out for us. I try to look at it in that way. They're watching mm-hmm. out. They're, they're pr- protective or maybe wanting to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. So I do like that question of our, yeah. That's not even true of just moms because that's typical of moms. That's true of our friends, our colleagues. I mean, if we are on a path that's a little bit of like a renegade path, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> that you're taking, that you're taking your, you know, you're taking a risk or you're taking your own leadership on, you know, and really testing something out and saying, this is the way I'm going. It will trigger other people. It will, and especially your friends, because they just want you to be safe and okay, because mm-hmm. they're maybe not, maybe perhaps they don't have the body to embrace the, that unknown for you. But, you know, I think that's one of the coolest things that I, I see happen with, with my clients is when they start really taking on those risks and they start stepping out, their friends and family are kind of like, whoa, uh, this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. And even having to coach them through how to be with their uncomfortable friends and family because it's a total byproduct of living that powerfully in your truth. It's really funny. It is. It is. I, I've been feeling like I've been doing that from a small child from when I was little. <laughs> I, I know you were going to react this way. Let's just sit down. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you start, like you said, yeah, you coach them through. It's, it's almost as if the more you do it, you can almost envision how somebody is going to react. So you're, yeah. you're ready for what they're going to say, even know what they're going to say and what you're going to say. And then you're ready after yeah. you, you say your truth. And you're like, we got this. We're, we're all going to move through this, hopefully, right? <laughs> In a positive way. <laughs> Yeah, and at the same time, you can't take on too much responsibility because they they just also have to work through their own discomfort, and that's part of what's so cool about about when you do when take big leaps like that. It, it helps other people question, like, oh, am I being small? Am I staying still? And you know, I notice that a lot of the the women that I've worked with, it's like their husbands start changing. It's really oh, funny, that's you know. Great. Yeah, they'll start kind of questioning things. They'll be a little bit upset sometimes at first because they're getting triggered around what they what you know what their role has been or you know whatever it may be, but eventually they you know I hear reports of like oh my god, he's never been like this or he never said this thing and and I was like, yeah, that's cuz you're being the change you need to be and they have no choice to either evolve with you or not. You know, and sometimes that brings up a whole other conversation. So, so when we really work on that transformation within us, we take on that, that leadership role. And I, hey, I'll tell you, I'm not saying leadership is the easy route. You no. know, it's not always <laughs> colored with the gold path. It's, it's definitely takes a lot of awareness, a lot of consciousness. But yes. I will say that I wouldn't have it any other way because I know that when I'm, when I'm kind of, 
focused on what I'm committed to, I'm always touching into that higher self. Yeah, I'm always t getting into a higher vibration. I don't let myself stay in a, in a place that's victimized for, for very long. You know what I mean? Even if I, when I let, I let myself feel emotions, of course, and like be with my process all the time. I'm human as F, you know, but like, I definitely try not to stay there. In fact, I used to suffer from depression a little bit when I was in my teen years and in my twenties. And since I, I started my coaching journey, I've never dipped back into that. Cause I that's just, great. That's really great. Yeah, I feel like I can really, um, you know, I, I feel like I can really tap into that. It takes practice, of course, but I can really tap into the my higher self, into the voice that's like, okay, this is an opportunity. It's not a problem, but how how is this working for me? Even if it's the most painful thing in the world, like when I became a mom, I went through a lot of a lot of trauma and pain, um, mostly emotional around my my version of motherhood being totally broken apart. Um, but then I realized that this is, I mean, like, it's my biggest victory story of my life now. It's like, I, this oh, is yeah. where all my, all my medicine came in here, you know? So yeah. it's, it's amazing. They're, they're huge gifts. They, they have so much to teach us. Oh, yeah. He's way smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they start off sometimes with so much self-awareness. And just my daughter, yeah, also blows me away with <laughs> how much she's already aware of and intuitively can tap into. Yeah. So, and I want to, before we hop off, I, I wanted to know if you have any gold nuggets, like maybe two, two to three gold nuggets that you would like to share with the tribe in relating to stepping into their own power, finding their voice again, or any, anything juicy that you can, that you feel. Yeah. I mean, I always share from my own experience. So I can just say, you know, the three things within the last year, even that have really kind of upped my game is one, just getting the heck out of the way, you know, like getting out of that comparison mind, getting out of the mindset that I need to be somewhere by when, uh, I used to get really sucked into that. <laughs> in fact, that's the difference in my leadership from before motherhood and after motherhood. Mm. Before I was very focused on timelines and I was like, commitment, commitment by this time. And a lot of times I'd reach those goals, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really surrendering very much to, to like, you know, all of the beauty of what I was learning. I was just kind of like tunnel vision. Now it's very, I, I've slowed down so much and my birth, that's the biggest gift I got from it. The trauma, everything was the slowdown. I had to put everything down. I thought I was going back to work, to coaching, you know, running my business after three months. I didn't get back to my business for about a year and a half. And I had to just surrender so much during that time. And, and so that, continues to be a beautiful and powerful lesson and even when I like ramp up and I try to do all this cool stuff in one month or whatever it may be I swear the universe will throw a wrench somewhere and say like no it's not who you are it's not what you're teaching so mm -hmm. I have to go back to that commitment of like this isn't about me this is about redefining something and I have to be that lesson I have to be that change um, so and you know just another nugget is to be, to, to really just honor that every single person on this planet, and I really believe this, has something unique to offer. And it doesn't have to be like this huge thing, like your purpose, you know, it can, it can just be who you're being. Your presence can be the most comforting thing to somebody. It can be 
the most, you know, like wise and biggest teacher is somebody who can't be the presence that you are. And so, you know, that's why, that's why in my program, I'm also working so much on, on leadership presence because the presence of who you're being can put someone at ease in a second. And that's who I always want to follow. You know, those are the leaders I look up to. It's yes. just like, wow, they really show up in a certain way that makes me feel so inspired or grounded or it makes me believe in myself again. And so just know out there that like you guys have that gift. Every single one of you has something you can tap into that is just yours. Just yours. Because you'll do it in your own way. I mean, you could throw a stone and you can hit a coach these days. Like everyone's a coach, right? But I know somebody will need my medicine. Someone will need my intensity. Somebody will need my sense of humor. Somebody will need me. And I really believe in that. So, you know, like I just encourage everyone to believe that about themselves because it is there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, I love, I always tell myself when I'm at influencer meetups and meeting tons of people every day that my goal is to learn what their special gift is when mm. I get to know them. It's not even really to share me it's to to receive who they are their presence and their gift mm, beautiful and oh, that, i love that that's great it's that like really helps connect on an on another level with people yeah, that's the key word the can the connect it's like yeah. that's the other thing is you know don't be the heroic leader if you can avoid it i've worked really hard to not be the guru you know i used to feel like i had to be a guru for to produce value for people and I don't. And in fact, when I become, when I, if I tap into that, I'm miserable and I feel alone and disconnected because then I'm like above people, you know, which yeah. I'm really not, you know, like I'm just like lonely in isolation because my ego took over. What I really want is I want to just be back on the ground and I want to be like being human with my people and just sure. giving whatever medicine that's there. And, and it's too much for you to feel like you have to know everything because I feel like when, when we're in that guru <laughs> space, we may feel like, oh, I can't admit that I don't know this. And with my soulmate clients all the time, I'm, I admit that, well, I'm not the expert on that. And, and Kylie, for example, is one of our social media managers. Like she knows that and let's tap into her expertise. Yeah. And that's a whole another space to be in. To, yes. to say I am not an expert in this and I don't have to be an expert. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I'm a recovering perfectionist, man. And yeah. that is the perfectionist path is like, can you get out of like, I've got it all figured out, you know? And I'm always declaring myself a learner over and over, literally on a daily basis. Okay, well, we're all learning here, you know? And uh, that really keeps me in a good space and taps me back into like my heart and, and the people that, that just need to hear a, a good hello for me today or need permission versus like some wise thing that I need to impart. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of silly. I love that. That's a, it makes total sense to me. I completely understand what you mean. And so I will definitely put the links of how people are going to be able to enroll in your program. And it was great. Awesome. I'm, <laughs> thank you. It was great having you on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been so great getting to know you this last year. And yeah, I'm, you know, lot, lots of love and shout outs to the people listening. If you guys are on your entrepreneurial path, you know, just keep going, keep stay committed. And if, yeah, if there are any moms out there, just, you know, the, the course is a little over half full. So if this is something that, you know, this conversation resonates with you, 
definitely apply. You know, I, I do interviews and give down to why people would actually want to do it versus just having people sign up blindly. So it's, it's a good process to even put yourself through just to give yourself that, you know? Yes, for sure. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Allison. Thank you.